So as we've mentioned throughout today's service, today is Mother's Day and uh, we have also acknowledged that it is a challenging day for some, but it is a great opportunity for us to be able to recognise the women in our lives who make a huge contribution to us being the people who we are. And so I want to say again a huge thank you to all the women who are a part of our church family for all of the different ways that you help us to be the best that we can be. Thank you for the way that you care for us. Thank you for the way that you love us. Thank you for the way that you serve us. Thank you for the different perspectives that you bring and the way in which you make us the best version of what our church family is able to be. We're so grateful that you are a part of the life of our church and for all of the different ways that you contribute in the things that people see and in the things that happen behind the scenes as well. Today for our message, we're going to take a bit of time to talk about what it looks like uh, to pursue maturity in terms of what it looks like for us to be mature followers of Jesus. And so this is something that's applicable both to the women and to the men who are watching and are part of our service today. But as we go through, I want us to be trying to think about the women in our lives who have contributed to us being the people that we are and have contributed to that maturity that we have in our lives. The people who've modelled what it looks like for us to be mature followers of Jesus and the women who have had an impact on us to help us in our journey so far. Take some time as we're thinking through this to just see who comes to mind and we're going to come back to that a little bit later on in the message. We're going to focus on one of the passages that we looked at this week in our reading plan. So this is from Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, which is the reading that we looked at on Tuesday. And so I invite you to get that if you've got your Bible with you or open up the Bible app on your phone or you can head over to the Bible tab that's just over to the side there and open that up. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16. Verses 11 to 13 are some of the most helpful passages, uh, helpful verses that we've got that talk about the life of the church. And they're verses that have become more and more important to a lot of us who are in leadership because it reminds us, and we're not going to read those through, but you can have a quick look at them. It reminds us that the purpose of those who are in leadership in the church is not to be the people who do everything for everyone else, but we are here to serve and to equip the church to be able to be the church. Our role as people who have a specific role of leadership in the church is to come alongside of people and to encourage and to help people to grow so that they can be the best that they can be, so that the church can be the healthiest version of what that looks like. But last week we spent some time talking about the purpose of the church, and this is another passage that helps us to understand what the purpose of the church is. There's a couple of things specifically that are noted there. The first is that we're here to pursue unity, and the second is that we're here to pursue maturity, to pursue unity and to pursue maturity. That's really what we're here for as a church, that we want to unite around Jesus and we want to become more like Jesus. That's the primary reason that we're here as a church, to help people to understand the centrality of Jesus to us, but also to help people take those next steps in their walk with Jesus. But as we think about this idea of what it looks like to become a mature follower of Jesus and what full maturity looks like, it's an awful lot of things that we can think about. And so that's where we want to start. I want to give you an opportunity to think about that and to share about that. When you think about the idea of someone who is a mature follower of Jesus, what comes to mind? Take a couple of moments to share with the people that you're with, or if you're on your own, jot a few thoughts down, put something in the chat for us, and uh, then we'll come back together.
Well, I hope that you came up with some good ideas that we will then come back to as we continue through the message. But when we read the word mature or maturity in scripture, it's actually often interchanged with the word perfection. And that's interesting for us because I think a lot of the time when we think about maturity, we do think about someone who's basically perfect, someone who gets everything right, someone who never messes up. And it's something that's actually not attainable. There are no perfect followers of Jesus. All of us are on our journey and all of us make mistakes. But when we think about this idea of maturity and perfection in the way that it's talked about in Scripture, it's actually far more about talking about growing into something that is fully complete. In its original context, those words were used to talk about the idea of a bone that has broken. So say you break your arm, the idea of a bone being reset so that it can heal and it can go back to the way that it's supposed to be. It was also talked about in the context of a refitting of a boat or a ship. The idea that a ship or a boat had become a bit run down or it got damaged and then gets refitted so that it can then head back out to sea. This idea of putting things back together the way that they're supposed to be so that it can function fully the way that it's supposed to function. If we think about the idea of a plant growing to full maturity, think about a fruit tree, for example. When we think about a fully grown, mature fruit tree, we think about one that has fully developed and is producing the fruit that it's supposed to produce. So whenever we read this word mature, but also whenever we read the word perfect in Scripture, that's the idea that we're talking about. Something that is fully developed, something that is the way that it's supposed to be, something where anything that's broken has been repaired and put back to how it originally should have been. It's not about us being completely perfect. It's not about there being no scars. It's not about there being no issues whatsoever. But it's that sense of pursuing that idea of growing fully into who we want to become. And when we think about mature Jesus followers, and so again, I hope that you have got someone in mind. If you think about the women in your life who you would say are mature followers of Jesus, we recognize that that's the same idea, that they're not people who are perfect. They still make mistakes. They don't always get things right. But they are generally people who are fully developed in lots and lots of different ways. They're people who are organized. They're people who seem to prioritize the right things. They seem to emphasize the right things. They seem to have a sense of their lives being kind of something that we aspire to, to say that's the way that life is supposed to be. And our goal as a church is to help each other to move in that direction, to pursue that idea of maturity. And it's helpful for us to remember that when we talk about that, we're not talking about comparing ourselves to each other and saying, well, I'm more mature than them or I'm less mature than them. We're actually talking about pursuing maturity that looks like Jesus. Jesus is the one that ultimately we're all aspiring to try and be like. And so we don't measure ourselves against other people. We say, how much am I becoming like Jesus? Because we recognize that Jesus is the one who shows us what a fully mature person looks like. Jesus shows us the best version of what humanity is. And sometimes when we talk about maturity, that's a helpful idea for us to say, am I becoming the best version of myself? Am I living the best version of what human life looks like that we see reflected in Jesus? Well, Paul then unpacks this idea of maturity a little bit further in verses 14 through to 16. So verse 14, he says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. 
We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. And so Paul talks about this idea of pursuing maturity is something that's the opposite of pursuing childishness, which is a very helpful thing for us to think about. Now, we recognise that kids have a lot to be able to offer us and that Jesus talks specifically about us approaching our faith and our relationship with God with a bit of a childlike mindset. Now, there's something really helpful about that, about the innocence that we see in kids, about the pure sense of joy, about the taking things at face value. That's a really important part of our journey. But we know when that starts to stray over into immaturity and into childishness, where we see people who are being impulsive, people who believe anything that they're told and allow that to kind of swing them this way and then swing them back over that way. When we see people who just react immediately to whatever is in front of them without taking any time to be able to reflect. And we know that a part of growing up, a part of becoming mature, is us learning how to be people who are discerning, people who can work out what's right and what's wrong, people who have a concrete set of values in our lives that help us to be able to make wise choices, help us to be able to make the decisions and allow that to flow into the actions that we know are the best version of the decisions that we should be making. We also know that people who are growing up and people who are maturing don't just react immediately to things that come their way. Now, Paul specifically here is talking about new ideas, that when a new idea comes our way, we don't just chase after that and then another new idea comes and we chase after that and then another one comes and we chase after that. But we can also think about this just in terms of how we react to the situations that we find ourselves in and the things that happen to us. Are we people who just immediately react, sometimes in very negative ways, or are we people who are growing to maturity, where we take time to slow down, to think, to reflect, and then to respond in a healthy way as we move forward? And so that's a really helpful understanding of what maturity looks like, that we are well thought out in terms of the decisions that we make, that we don't just overreact to things, that we have a firm foundation in our lives, that we have a firm anchor that holds us steady, that we don't just kind of flick from one thing over to another, over to another, but that we gradually move forward step after step. And Paul then says in the first part of verse 15 that instead of being childish like that, we will speak the truth in love. And this is a really fascinating set of words that Paul gives us here. Most commentators would say that actually those words, speak the truth in love, are really, really hard to translate into English. Now, whenever I've read those verses or whenever I've thought about that specific set of words, I've always thought about it in this context where you are having a difficult time with someone or you need to have a hard conversation with someone, so you need to speak the truth, that speaking the truth in love means that I'll do that in a way that's caring and that's loving so that it doesn't hurt them quite as much. That's often how we think about this idea of speaking the truth in love. But when we dig into the original language that's there, what Paul is talking about is something that's actually much, much deeper. He's talking about the sense of us being really true to ourselves, challenging us to say, are we genuine? Are we people who are authentic? Are we real? Is the truth that's inside of us, what we see coming out in our thoughts, which then comes out in our actions, which then comes out in our words? Are we people who walk in truth, who are followers of truth, which is other ways that these words are being translated. 
It's a challenge to say, is truth inside of us? And if it is, are we allowing that to then shape us? Or is there a set where we've got some truth inside of us, but that comes out in all sorts of different ways? But Paul then takes that idea of being people who have truth inside of us that then flows out with this idea of focusing on what that looks like to be a truth person in love. Not just putting on a loving tone, not pretending to be caring when we actually don't care for someone, but genuinely wanting the best for someone else. And we've talked a lot about this idea of saying one of the most helpful questions we can think about is what's the most loving thing to do? in any given situation. What is the thing that's gonna produce the greatest amount of love? What is the thing that's gonna help the other person to receive a sense of love? So as we live out our sense of truth, it's not just about us saying, well, I'm gonna hold on to my truth regardless. I'm gonna hold on to my truth, but I'm gonna do that in the way that is the most loving for the person that I'm connecting with. So it's really a challenge to say, as we think about this idea of being mature, Am I someone who's being authentic, someone who's being genuine, someone who's being the best version of who I can be, but doing that in a way that is as loving as possible as well? And Paul then says that ultimately the goal of us pursuing maturity is what we see in the second part of verse 15. And he says, instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. But again, ultimately our focus is not on comparing ourselves to other people, but saying, are we growing to be more and more like Jesus? And as we touched on last week, we want to recognize that this is something that's not just for us individually. Am I growing to be more and more like Jesus? Am I becoming more mature? But collectively, are we growing to be more and more like Jesus? Are we growing in our sense of maturity as a gathered community of God? as well. And Paul then says this really helpful thing in verse 16 to help us understand what our role is as we help each other grow to maturity in Jesus. In verse 16 he says, he makes, Jesus makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Now, other translations actually talk about the idea of ligaments at this point, which is something that's really, really helpful for us to think about. When you think about a ligament that you've got in your body, a ligament is something that joins two bones together or holds a joint together. So a ligament is something that provides support, it provides strength, it holds things together. But ligaments also help nutrients to be able to flow from one part of the body through to another, from one set of bones through to another, through joints. Ligaments are a part of what helps the nourishment that's important about us having healthy bodies to be able to get to where it needs to get to. So that's a really, really helpful metaphor for us to think about in terms of the role that we have to play as people who are a part of the family of God, a part of the church, that each one of us in our own ways are ligaments that we're here to be able to help to support each other, to bring a sense of strength to one another, to be in a place where we can connect one another. But also that as ligaments, we're the people who help the nutrients of Jesus to be able to pass from one to another. And so each one of us have a crucial role to be able to play for our body to be fully healthy and for us to be able to be as strong as we can be, as held together as we can be, but also flowing with what Jesus has for us 
we all need to play that role of being connectors, of being ligaments together. And so that's something that Paul talks about over and over again. He loves this metaphor of the body as one of the most helpful images of what the church is supposed to be. That every single one of us has a role to play to help us to be able to be healthy. There's no insignificant parts. There's no inadequate parts. There's no parts that don't matter. We all need to work together in order for the body to be as healthy as it can be. But ultimately, all of us follow Jesus and aspire to be like him. So to me, that's a really helpful summary of what maturity looks like as we pursue this idea of being mature followers of Jesus. That we're people who are well-grounded. We have a firm anchor in place in our lives. We have a good sense of understanding what's important to us and what our values are. That we are people who are thoughtful, that we don't just kind of flow this way and then that way and react to things that happen around us and new ideas. We slow down, we think, we reflect, and we respond to things in an appropriate way. We're people who have a sense of truth and authenticity inside of us that then flows out in our actions and in our words, but that that always is motivated by what the most loving thing is for us to be able to do. But we're also people who look out for others, that we're people who support, who bring strength and who help that sense of Jesus nutrients to be able to flow to the people that we connect with on a week in, week out basis. So what I'd love us to take a bit of time to reflect on, coming back to this idea of recognising who the women are that have played a key role in our lives, is to think about who the women are that you know in your life who have shown you what that looks like. Who are some women who have been a great example of that sense of maturity? And also, who are some women who have helped you in your journey, that have helped you in any of those different areas and are helping you to become the best version of who you are. I hope that you can think of one or two people that might come to mind. And so I wanna give you an opportunity to turn to the people that you're with and to be able to share who that is. Now, it could be a mum, but it could also be an aunt, or it could be a sister, or it could be a leader, or it could be a friend, or it could be someone in your work context. But who is someone who is having a significantly profound impact on you as you think about this idea of being able to become more mature Who's someone who models that to you in a really healthy way? And who's someone who is inspiring you and helping you on that journey? Take a couple of minutes to be able to share that with the people that you're with, and then we'll come back together. So I hope that you have been able to come up with one or two women who have had a significant impact in your journey. And what I wanna challenge you about is what it looks like to reach out to them to say thank you. Now recognize that for some people that's not gonna be an option because the person that you're thinking of is no longer with us. But if they are, I wanna encourage you to reach out and to be able to give them a call, send them a text message, send them an email, to be able to write them a letter and say thank you. Say thank you for the influence that you've had on my life. Thank you for helping me to pursue maturity. And thank you for the example of maturity that you have shown me of what it looks like to follow Jesus. So many people, women in particular, are so unaware of all of the good things that they're doing. So frequently, we recognize all of the things that we're not doing, all of the ways in which we're inadequate. And so being able to reach out and say, thank you for the ways in which you have shown me what this looks like could be something that's a really important step 
for someone as they continue to pursue their journey with Jesus. As we wrap up our time today, though, I want to also encourage you to think about the ways in which God's challenging you as you continue to pursue maturity. And so I want to ask you whether there's one or two things that have come up this morning as we've talked about this idea of maturity, where you've felt a little bit of a poke or where you've felt a little bit of a prod, where you've sensed that God's challenging you to say, yes, that's probably one area where I can challenge myself, where I can take some steps to be able to continue to grow to maturity. Now, I want to say this is not about us feeling guilty. Again, we all know the areas where we fall short. We all know the areas where we don't get it right. So this isn't about beating ourselves up and saying, I'm not good enough. When we talk about the idea of maturity, it's really important for us to focus on pursuit, not perfection. Pursuit, not perfection. We're pursuing maturity as something which is a lifelong goal for us. For all of us, we continue to pursue that sense of what it means to be a mature follower of Jesus. But we recognize that none of us are going to perfect it, that we're not going to get it right 100% of the time. So why it's really important for us to focus on our trajectory and to be able to say, if I continue to take step after step after step in the direction that I'm heading, where ultimately is that going to lead me? And is that a place where I believe that I'm going to become more like Jesus? If not, if I look at where step after step after step is taking me and it's taking me further away from Jesus, that's when it's important for us to do a course correction. But we focus on this idea of pursuit, this idea of trajectory, rather than this idea of trying to say that we are people who can ever in some way or another be perfect. So as you think about that idea of pursuit, as you think about that idea of trajectory, is there one or two things that you're feeling a little bit of a challenge about as we meet this morning? Is there something maybe about the idea of how firm your foundation is? Some of those foundational truths about who Jesus is, about what God has done for us through Jesus, about who you are. Do you need to do a bit more digging into understanding what that looks like so that you can feel like you've got a firmer anchor? Do you feel like maybe there's some things where you need to take some time to be able to say, I often do just embrace whatever comes my way, the latest thing that I read or the latest thing that I heard or the latest thing that I saw, and I know that I need to stop doing that. I need to stop immediately reacting to those things and just embracing them and take some more time to analyse them and to think about them. Do I need to take some time to be able to slow down? And I know that it's not necessarily about reacting to new ideas, but in terms of the experiences that I have and when I have interactions with people, I know that I can be very quick to react and to just jump into things or jump into conclusions. And I need to learn how to be able to slow down and to be able to reflect and to make measured decisions. Is it about that sense of being someone who's authentic? Are there some areas in my life where I recognize there's some disconnection that's going on internally? Or the person that I am inside is not the person that I'm showing outside and I've got some work that I need to do on that. Is it about that sense of what is the most loving thing to do? That I know that the question normally for me is what's in it for me or the focus is on what's happening for me. And so how can I change that? And have my first question as I enter into different situations being what's the most loving thing to do? Or for some of us, it might be recognising that we're in a pretty healthy place in our pursuit of maturity, but it is about recommitting ourselves to being ligaments. About saying, what does it look like for me to be there for someone else, to support them, to strengthen them, to connect with them? 
And what does it look like for me to be someone who is helping Jesus' nutrients to be spread in all of the people that I interact with? It could be something else, completely different to all of those things, but I want to encourage you just to take a couple of moments now as we get ready to wrap up to say, what are the things that are jumping out at you? Is there one or two things as you're heading to this week that you're thinking it'd be good for me to take some more time to reflect on that, to think about that, and to put some steps in place as I continue to pursue maturity? Take a moment to discuss that together, put some thoughts in the chat, write some things down, and then we'll come back together and wrap up our time. So thank you for coming and joining us today. I hope that it's been a helpful time for you, that you have felt encouraged, that you've felt inspired, that you've felt challenged as well. And in particular, I hope that it's given you an opportunity to be able to reflect this Mother's Day on the women in your life that are having a significant impact on you or have had a significant impact on you. It's really great that we can spend this time together and I want to invite you to spend a bit more time connecting with us as we wrap things up. Uh, in a few moments, we're going to open up our Zoom chat and so there's an opportunity to connect via video. You can also stick around and jot some thoughts in the chat and talk with people that way if that's helpful as well. But let's pray and uh, then we'll move into our time of connecting in different ways. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you show us what the best version of humanity looks like and that you show us what full maturity looks like. Thank you that you then call us to be people who follow you, people who follow your example and people who ultimately strive to become more and more like you. But thank you that we do that in freedom. We don't do that with an expectation of trying to perfect that and feeling like if we get it wrong that you're then going to turn your back on us. Thank you that you love us as we are, with all of the flaws that we've got, with all of the times that we make mistakes, but that ultimately you want to continue to challenge us to pursue the best version of who we can be and that we see that in our relationship with you. And so I ask as we head into this week that you would continue to challenge us about what that looks like, that you would continue to help us to recognize those areas in our lives where we can pursue maturity in a greater way. But I also pray that as we head into this week, you would help us to be aware of the women in our lives who have a significant impact on us, the women who show us what you look like, the women who show us your characteristics, the women who live out your values in significant ways, and the women who inspire us to be the best that we can be, who cheer us on, who help us on our journey. We thank you for them, and we pray that as we head into this week that we can affirm them, we can acknowledge them, and we can encourage them. Thanks for this time. Thanks that we've got the opportunity now to be able to connect in some different ways. And as we head out into this week, thanks that you go with us in all the things that we do. In your name we pray. Amen.